This episode and the Spring 2021 Bronco Startup Challenge is brought to you by our sponsors. AT&T, more for your thing, that's our thing. As well as City National Bank, we make it our business to be personal. Now, on to the episode. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to the very first spotlight of the Spring 2021 Bronco Startup Challenge and I am here today, myself, you, from the staff team, and I'm here with Erwin from Scratch Tools to talk about their project, Scratch. Now, uh, I'm here with Erwin. I'd just like him to quickly introduce himself. You know, just want to make sure everybody understands where we're coming from. Okay. Um, hi, you. Um, my name's Erwin. I am an alumni uh, from Cal Poly Pomona, and I majored in geology. Uh, with a geophysics emphasis, I have I started a startup company a couple years uh, before, or just actually as I transferred into Cal Poly, and it really started, you know, getting more attention when we, you know, the pandemic happened and we applied again to the Bronco Startup Challenge because the previous year it was canceled, but and now we're finalists for 2021. Oh, that's interesting. So you're a geology major, which, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm of the mind that your major doesn't have to dictate the path that you go down. Right. So can you just sort of explain what brought you to into this um, this scratch, uh, scratch tools and, and why did you decide that this was something that you were interested in? Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of starts off with, with the problem that you've probably already encountered yourself. Um, the co- my co-founder and I, um, there's four, but two of us were the ones that were still in college. And we were taking classes at community college. And the math classes required you to submit your homework on an online portal. And all of the work that you did on like all those countless sheets of paper, like went to the trash because you never submitted it. And if you got something wrong, in that little text box that they give you to answer, you had to redo it. And so there was really like no incentive for you to actually do the work. And I often found my classmates were using Chegg or some other service just to find that particular problem and then have like the answer bank there for them. And so no one was really doing the homework and all the, all you were really being graded on is if you could test well. So would it, would it be too far for me to say that the name Scratch was based on Scratch Paper? Yeah, actually, it's based off scratch paper, and the design is based off of this yellow legal pad. <laughs> so um, I, I got, you know, one of my co-founder really into using the legal pad because of the yellow being easier on your eyes. And so that's how we started using for all of our classes. And then it turned into transitioning over to a digital format. But, oh. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Um, so you, you did briefly talk about uh, your co-founders. Can you just sort mm-hmm. of, they're not here obviously today, but uh, can mm-hmm. you just sort of describe what each one of them provides? Kind of, I don't want you to give me their autobiography, obviously, but like, okay, yeah. just quickly describe what who does what and what what is exactly each other's responsibility. Mm-hmm. So uh, CEO is Alfredo Gonzalez Martinez. He is also the CTO. So he is the head programmer he's built it from the ground up he 
just does CEO responsibilities, right? right? Um, then there's myself, COO. Um, mm-hmm. And I've also basically done like the management of the organ, you know, I guess this is what I do, the management of the organization and, and I do outreach as well. And then there's Andrew Leslie, who does, uh, he's VP of strategy. So he's the one that's helping us figure out stuff with investors and figure out like the business plan and how to best um, orient ourselves for, for investment. And then there's Carlos Avila, who is the UI person. He's, he's a designer. And um, he, Andrew and Alfredo, actually ran a design studio prior to us working together on Scratch. Okay. So, I mean, we've been talking a lot about Scratch itself, mm-hmm. but, you know, I haven't given you the opportunity to sort of describe it, you know, in, mm-hmm. in simple terms. So can you just go ahead and, and give us, you know, your pitch? So what is, what is Scratch? So Scratch is a virtual workspace or a virtual notebook for you to write all of your calculations. We started off with math. And we made an editor that allowed you to really type up your, your, I guess, equation dense material. Um, if you were to use something like a Word document, they have a specific thing called it's a math editor, but it's not intuitive and it's a lot of scrolling in order to get to the thing that you need. And with Scratch, you're able to do it a lot quicker because if you can think it, you can type it. It's um, the term is WYSIWYG, right? What you see is what you get. And so you don't, you don't have to learn any complicated things to do it. So if, for example, I want to type pi, I don't have to look for the symbol anywhere, although we do have the buttons. You just type pi in math mode and it turns it into the symbol. So essentially, it, it sort of helps dumb down the the work process, at least for somebody who, like me, you know, somebody who might not be completely versatile with these terms and all these fancy functions. Yeah, totally. Like it's so, you know, being being in that math class, right, was really frustrating. And I wanted to have everything kind of in a, in a format that I could just submit somewhere. And so I looked into it, and, and, and so did Alfredo. We looked into it, and there is a thing called LaTeX that you can use to write all of your stuff, and which is the thing that, that was used traditionally. Um, but it's mostly done by, by grad students, people that go into education. Anyone that writes a textbook, like for a math or a science class, has to learn LaTeX in order to write this sort of uh, complicated stuff, like this text with calculations within it. And so that was just like, overwhelming trying to learn it um at the very beginning and and it just didn't seem reasonable to have you know someone that maybe won't go into grad school or someone that isn't going to take like a stem career to to learn all of these things in order to just complete a homework assignment right right okay so i mean that's very it's very over encompassing it's pretty i'm Mm -hmm. guessing it it fits for a lot of majors not necessarily just math oriented it could be uh engineering majors and stuff of the like yeah or really um people that that are just taking the ge you know requirements and they were just like oh this makes sense and it was surprising because we didn't build it for them in the first place and after doing surveys at cal poly it was like oh these these people are still doing uh the they're still taking these classes where you could use this you know right okay so let's let's rewind back a little bit because uh unlike some of the other finalists you actually have experience with what uh we're trying to offer to the to the to the whole student campus which Mm -hmm. is uh you actually participated in the fast pitch competition and in fact you actually got 
you, you actually won. You know, that's yeah. that's incre- incredible. So I just want to ask, you know, what did you learn during that fast pitch competition? Did you learn take away anything that uh, you found was useful? Um, so I, I have to learn to, or I had to learn, like before that, is to to sell it the story to my audience, right? So if I, if I talk to people, I, I'm mostly talking to students, well, at least before I was talking to students, and they get it right off the bat. But when doing it in a pitching competition like that, these people have been far removed from school at this point for like decades, maybe. And getting them to understand what the, what the state of education is like now is, is take some doing. And so you have to make it as concise as possible. And so narrative building is something that we've like, I've in particular had to work on because like I was doing the pitching before and it was really hard for me to write the script for it because it was like, well, why don't you get it, dude? Like, this is what your kid is doing. And now it's more like, if you fast forward to now, you know, after COVID, it's like, oh my gosh, I see my kid is struggling with this. And so like, I'm, I'm allowed to like go into that more. Right, right. So did winning help build confidence or, or apart from just, you know, the cash pricing, is there any other intangible things that you would have taken away with it? So it's, it's like, um, it's reaffirming that this is like an idea worth pursuing, right? This is, this is one of those things where like, you know, I, I occasionally will, will I, I watch or, or listen to podcasts that are about startups and, and what's going on within industry. And a lot of it, like, to me feels like, you know, fluff, like it's, it's something that like is convenient. Sure. But do we really need another one of these delivery things and luck, like talking with, with someone that that's, cause we've spoken with some, some investors now as, as uh, just a kind of consulting or mentoring us. And they're like, you know, this is, this is real, you know, this is something that is tangibly good for, for education or for, for students themselves, because it's making something that they're required to do, you know, going to school or like needing to get a degree, it's helping them get through that. And so if, if anything, it's reaffirmed, you know, our belief that our idea is a good idea. Oh, that's great. Um, okay, so let's let's go back a little bit to the project itself. So the work scratch. Um, so I, I just want to because from the idea of wanting to create something that can help students, there's a there's a few ways you could go about it. One of the ways is the online way that you decided. Another way is if I don't know, for example, you could have created a, a fancy calculator. So why did you end up choosing this online route? So so the calculator route was something we were concerned about. Um, we actually built like a, an early version of a solver within Scratch. Um, it exists somewhere, but we, we haven't put it in. And it's not, we're not putting it in right now because we don't want this to be used as a cheating tool. Um, so like there's services out there, there's Wolfram Alpha, there's, there's stuff like that that can help you solve something. But we want this to be, you know, that, that space that you can go to in the classroom and not be told like by a teacher like hey you can't use that because that's something that we encountered right like when, when I was in school like you know just last year right but there were some classes where I could not bring in my laptop that just the teacher was not opposed to me using technology in the classroom and I can understand that if it's like a distraction or if it's like used for cheating so like I 
definitely want Scratch to be usable during like a test. So that's that's like kind of the thing that we we had in mind by not putting a calculator within our platform. Okay. So can you also sort of describe, let's say somebody heard is hearing this episode right now, is really into it. So what would be the step-by-step process of accessing that tool? Um, so uh, like where do they go to? Where, where do, uh, do they have to sign up? Uh, yeah, kind of yeah. So, so you go to scratch.app. That's actually our website name or domain. Um, and you just click sign in. Uh, you can click on the editor button and it takes you to a login page. You can create an account. Uh, you don't have to use your email. You can use either Facebook or, or Google logins. And it immediately just takes you to an open or like a blank workspace for you to just start typing. And it's similar to Google Docs in the sense that you can save all of your files within the interface. You have, you have uh, as a basic user, you have two gigabytes of storage and you can just keep it all there on the cloud. And you can also now share the files with someone. If you know someone's email, you send it to them and they have access to either edit or just view your document. Okay. Um, apart from that, I know you spoke a lot about, uh, you know, people in like you and me who are recently or still in college, but Mm -hmm. is there, is there anything else you're looking to target? Um, yeah, so, so this is, this is maybe another complaint that I I have with, with ed tech in general is that their scope is limited to the time the students are in school and it, they offer no value beyond that, right? Right. So like you don't hear of someone going like to work and like looking up an answer or something for work in Chegg. Like it's 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 meant just to go to the textbook, the questions from the textbook. And we see Scratch as being a resource that you can reference beyond, you know, education. So our our focus right now is, you know, the students, but we want to follow these people long term, well beyond the point of them being at school. So that's where like kind of our roadmap goes in, right? So we built the editor first, it works. We're building a Q&A platform next, which is like, it's coming up, you know, it, it's pretty close to being there. Um, probably will be done by the competition date. And then the next stage is uh, having the public profiles. So you can have public pages of your own. Let's say you're really proud of some some document or some project that you made. You have a place for you to, to a public facing place for you to have that document available for people to look at, comment, reference, even fork off of that thing and create their own work, kind of like GitHub in a way. Right. Okay. So you spoke a little bit about roadmaps. Um, mm-hmm. So at least for now, what do you think is the most immediate concern with, with that you're hoping to tackle? The Q&A platform. So we, we have an idea. Well, we, we do have something set More than as an idea. to like, yeah, yeah, set as to how we're building it, yeah. And it's just determining what what is really necessary at this time and what can be refined before we get we we release it. Um, you know, it's that that might be more like a, a thing that that the CTO is is concerned about because, you know, I think it thinks he could speak to this better than I, but he he's mentioned that, you know, at the very beginning we were very concerned with making it like perfect. And now it's a matter of making it like good enough to, to work for people, right? We don't want it to have a certain number of bugs, but it should be 
functional. I mean, we talked about, you know, some more immediate concerns, but do you guys have a, a long-term goal? So what would you like this to be? Do you want to partner up with the university and say, everybody has to use this, or what is exactly your long-term goal? So we want to make it an option. We don't want it to be a thing that students are required to use. Uh, they might just use it out of convenience. Um, there, there are plans to, to go towards institutions and, and try to get, you know, site licenses for, for students. But really, it's up to the student to, to whether or not they're going to use this platform. Um, it's, it's like, so all, our whole thing has been about, like, efficiency and convenience. But if, like, a student has already an established workflow, you know, you don't want to mess with that. Um, yeah, I, you know, right now we're just sharing it with as many people as we can and, and trying to get hype around it. So it's, it's not, uh, it's not, it, you know, we don't necessarily have any school or place in mind to, right. to do the site licenses yet. Okay. Especially, especially since um, we have to build some, you know, th there are requests or, or like minimal things expected for a service like that. Like I think, I think schools want to know, you know, certain levels of engagement or an audience or like yeah yeah how many people oh well, well I mean, at least tools for them to use you know to to kind of not really track but but see like what's going on with their students if they're actually using it you know okay um all right so let's talk a little bit about the competition itself so mm -hmm. at least from our end we're trying to offer resources mentors and workshops have you ever attended any of these? Have you used any of these? And how have you felt? Uh, have we provided enough or not enough? Or what, what are you looking for? So um, I have gone to one, but I've watched the ones that are on the website. I know that there's like a place on, on the CPP website where they have the, the previously recorded ones. Yes. And I just, I've been watching those uh, and taking notes. And it's great, actually, um, because it also comes with the transcription in case I miss right. something. So uh, that, that's what I've been using. Um, you know, these, these topics are stuff that, like, you know, I are always in my mind since, like, since last year, I guess, because there were similar talks going on in the run-up to last year's competition. And so it's, if anything, it's just, like, you know, putting it back in there, like, or, or reinforcing particular points that, that I may be, like, missed right okay um as far as the competition goes you know um what do you hope to gain from this experience because it's something that that we're trying to offer but we actually we want to know what do you what do you look for um so it was two things right it was networking because the mentor opportunity is amazing like if if it didn't have that like we would kind of, like ourselves included would not really know how to navigate some of these things. Like, and I, I, I feel like like other teams that maybe were less like uh, prepared for this would definitely not know what to do. You know, um, we we've been speaking with one mentor in particular. Uh, shout out to Bruce, who who's really helped us a lot. Like, he keeps us in check. You know, that we're we're actually keeping up with the tasks that we set out for ourselves. Right. Um, it's it's really helpful having someone with with like already established experience or like in, uh, some knowledge about something and can tell you like 
even just like anecdotal stuff, like how they dealt with a certain thing. So um, it's been very helpful. And, and the second thing that we got out of it, by the way, um, is, uh, is having that like reaffirming that, that our idea is good. So like the users, users like will say, yeah, this is great in the survey, but it's better to get it from someone that has no use for the app right. at all. If they get it, then you know that it's worth it. So, yeah. all right. So, um, one of the reasons why the fast pitch competition existed, at least from what I understand, because I wasn't mm -hmm. here, was um, honestly we wanted to do more, but the pandemic hit. Right, the pandemic yeah. hit everybody. It affected everybody differently. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the pandemic because it's harder to ignore about such a mon monumental <laughs> event. How has the pandemic affected you and and your company? Uh, has it reaffirm reaffirm some of your thoughts have it has it you know hindered some of your progress what what has happened um the only way it hindered our progress would have been because we were using last year as like a promotional thing we were using the competition to get us out there right they were going to put us in front of an audience and they were going to use that stuff to promo and when that didn't happen that sucked but the pandemic has really made it a lot easier for us to make the argument that this is this is useful it like when i was saying before that that you know people are far removed from education like the the parents or whatever they don't know what's going on now they really know what's going on because they have their kid at home they have to be struggling and they they're like why aren't you doing this and it's like i i don't get it like it doesn't make sense or this doesn't work and it's like we've been saying this for a while now and now they understand immediately like if they're a parent they know and they're like oh great when can i use this or how much does it cost is is what the conversation goes to instead of going i still need some convincing right okay um i mean this is this has been great uh i, I pretty much hit everything i want to talk to you about with scratch mm -hmm. so i'll just give you the opportunity to sort of get your message out there you know what do you want people to know about scratch uh how could they contact you maybe if they mm -hmm. want to know a little more about how how they can use your tools mm -hmm. so you know you could contact me at irvin at scratch.app um you know i think something that's important to note is that we have like a like a mission statement right like all companies have some sort of mission statement and i think that this one is kind of all-encompassing for what we want to do and so the mission statement is to modernize the tools used for STEM education and the sharing of knowledge. And so Scratch is the first step into doing that. You know, Scratch is the first editor tool that's easy to use and that we're putting out there. That's our first product. We, you know, our company is Scratch Tools, so we have ideas for the next stage of things, the next stuff that are going to go around to make STEM education in particular easier to do virtually and in person um we have notions of it being used in a hybrid environment right all right thank you very much for coming on i'm glad uh, you are here to be our, our first one because this has been an excellent icebreaker okay thank all you right. thank you